And I said to the team, why don't we operate as if we've got a positive customer? Like, what are we gonna do? Let's, let's not be anxious that we might get one. Let's operate as if we've got one. Mm. And that really shifted people. It shifted them from anxiety to ambition and wonder. And those moves enabled us to really move very, very quickly and do all the things that you would do if you'd got one. So we got ahead of the game. My name's Francis Lynch. Thanks for joining me on the Comments and Musings podcast. Today, I speak to Dr. Nikki Howe, the CEO of Southcare, and we talk about the impacts of COVID-19 on her organisation. Welcome, Nikki. Thanks for joining me on the Comments and Musings podcast. I'm talking to leaders from a range of different organisations in the community health and aged care sectors about how they've adapted to the impacts of COVID-19 in 2020. Uh, We're recording this in September, so we're a few months in now, and we've made lots of changes about how we have to work. Um, To start off, can you tell me a little bit about Southcare and, and what you're doing there? Yes, so thank you for the invitation, Francis. So Southcare is a community and aged care provider. Uh, We've been in the local community for about 37 years. We're a not-for-profit and we were started by a group of volunteers. So really at the core of what we do is really about um, trying to be a proactive carer, connector and contributor in our community. And so our aspiration is really about, you know, people feel engaged, supported and part of their local community. So we do community aged care services and a range of other community services that support people and Aboriginal families support financial counselling, emergency relief. We've got an op shop. We've got a very active group of volunteers that we call community ambassadors and they really respond to different people's needs. So I'm wondering about how COVID-19 has impacted your organisation and I suppose I'm really particularly interested about the in-home supports. Yes, yeah, so so in terms of the impact, um, we, you know, being a community aged care provider, we've always had to make sure that we comply with a whole load of standards and regulations and so infection control at one level is just part and part of what our, of what we do um, and trying to um, support people in their own environment is at the core of, of community home care because you're working in their house, not in our house like in residential. So very early on the piece, I would say that we really could see what was going on and started to get ourselves very organised in February. We've got an excellent um, lady by the name of Jodie who's our quality and risk advisor and we really started to sort of take charge in February well before um, the government directions and we started to make some clear decisions about what we were going to do to position ourselves. And so we 
developed our COVID response team, a COVID response plan, and we started to um, do all the things that we knew that we would need to do really to both protect our people, us, our customers, and also remain connected to them. So I think a really big thing when I think back about, well, what was it that we did? What made the difference? I would say it was a couple of things. One was communicating consistently with all our staff, so putting their anxiety at ease around what we were going to do to make sure that they were okay and that their job was okay, and really communicating a lot with our customers, bringing, you know, this was before the social distancing, but I remember at the social centre we already made the decision that we would need to close our social centre because the majority of our people were well over 17. Now, they weren't very happy with me when I stood up there and said to them why we were going to do what we were going to do. But I said, look, you know, this is really about protecting you and we know that connection, you know, that social isolation is really important. So we put in the things that we needed to do to do that. So, you know, we made sure that we did have those welfare checks in place. But I think if I think about a couple of things, big one was around communication and communicating consistently. So I was doing videos every week. Yeah. And a little video to the staff that we would then embed in the South Care Snippet, which is our little local newsletter, so that, you know, we could really say to people what we were doing as, as things started to emerge to really mitigate or not mitigate but try and reduce their anxiety was a big one yeah and I think and and, sorry no no I I was just going to say so do you think that that anxiety was able to be uh, tempered by those processes yes I I do but I think there was one thing that I did really early on and that was I said first of all to the quality and risk person but then we did it to the team, I said, because we were all anxious about getting a positive customer and therefore mm. what the flow-on effect would be. And I said to the team, why don't we operate as if we've got a positive customer? Like, what are we going to do? Let's, let's not be anxious that we might get one. Let's operate as if we've got one. Mm. And that really shifted people. It shifted them from anxiety to ambition and wonder. And those moods enabled us to really move very, very quickly and do all the things that you would do if you'd got one. So we got ahead of the game. So do you think that you were, when you say ahead of the game, that you were sort of thinking through some of those things earlier than you might have otherwise or oh, definitely. compared to other organisations? Definitely. We, we, yeah. we were weeks ahead and we could see that, you know, the government, you know, said, oh, you know, social centres should be closed. Well, we were a month ahead of that. You know, we were a month ahead of, our you know, personal protective equipment. We, you know, we knew as a community aged care provider we'd be last on the list. So we got the local uh, Rotary Club. We know they had a sewing group. We talked to them. They started sewing masks for us. They started sewing gowns for us. 
So yeah. we were we were always ahead. And the other thing that we did was we made sure the customer was king and we really looked after our customers so that we were in constant contact with them. So when they had that anxiety around saying, oh, look, I want to put my services on hold, you know, because I don't want people coming into my house. Yeah, yeah. We would say to them, okay, well, let's talk about that. You know, what are you concerned about? And let's tell you what we're doing. And look, let's leave that with you, but we'll ring you in a few days. So, you know, originally we had about 100 customers that put all, about 50 put all services on hold, about 50 put one or two. At the moment, we've got eight who've got all their services on hold because they're with family and we've got seven who've got one service on hold. So we've done so sound, really well. So it sounds like you've really been able to communicate well with, the, with your customers to be able to communicate all of your planning and all of your safeguarding. Absolutely. And, of course, the flip side of that is, you know, you can't do any of that if you're not looking after your people. So we did a lot of work with our own people. We had already the technology anyway. We'd already been using Teams and Zoom and, you know, people had already been working from home. So we just advanced that. We made sure everybody had the equipment that they needed to um, mm. have. You know, we made sure that people were working in and out of the office if they were office-based because, um, you know, we wanted to make sure they stayed connected. We set up teams for all our support workers, of course, who are, you know, out in the community. And so, you know, we made sure that they had their own little teams we had little quizzes, you know, guess who's pet, yeah. you know, all of those sorts of things. And all of that, of course, continues. And we haven't stopped any of that. And we, you know, I mean, we're in the West and you're in the East. We we don't talk about if. We talk about when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and so has some of that technology and the use of, of these technologies, have they spread into the way that your customers relate to you or amongst each other? Um, look, we certainly did uh, provide some customers with tablets, you know, with uh, as a way of communicating and a way of them connecting. But I'd say to you it was quite minimal. The take-up was quite minimal. I think, yeah. um, you know, people still want that. Um, well, they can't have that, you know, face-to-face. -face, but I think we made sure that the customers were connected to the staff that they knew and it was really fun. It's phone calls. I mean, now, of course, we're able to do that one-on-one. -on -one. We still haven't opened our social centre and I'm not sure that we will for some time. And, you know, we've talked to our customers about that and we've just opted for one-on-ones or very small group gatherings. But technology, I mean, I think like everybody, you know, it certainly speeds up how you do, how, do you, how you use technology. And we, even now, you know, meetings are done on teams because some are out yeah yeah i mean that that has fundamentally changed uh where i am too so yes. it's, it's such a such a major change in terms of the way that um wa has had a really different experience than victoria 
What's your footing in terms of your preparation? Oh, look, our footing, our footing in terms of preparation is um, we have not opened up, you know, so we're at stage five, you know, you can do a whole lot of things, but as an organisation we haven't done that. So we've held back as an organisation. And what we've done uh, only last week is we've done drills. So we've uh, we've done customer drills, you know, we've got a positive customer, blah, blah, blah. But what we did last week was we did a drill with an external provider that provides some of our nursing services and so that we've positioned that. We've also learned lessons from what you guys have got over the over east, you know, home care providers in the east, and we we've um, increased the number of PPE and the, the the goggles and the shields which we didn't have. So, I guess what I would say to you, uh, Francis, is we we're not operating as if we're all dandy here. We're we're very much operating um, in a space of. Uh, preparedness you know the the girl the girl guides and the <laughs> and the scouts scouts and yeah. the girl guides you know like we're prepared we are ready we've recently identified who in the admin staff have got nursing backgrounds or care backgrounds if we've got to have a surge workforce so all of us you know i've got a nursing background although it was a long time ago and you know we're all getting we're doing the donning and doffing of the ppe next week so yeah, we're going yeah. okay if we take if it takes out 10 15 support workers who's going to back that up so we, we we're making sure that you know we've got that in place and um, if I get, you know, if I get taken out, then who, what are, what are the roles, functions that I do? Who else can do those roles and functions? Yeah, so yeah. That. And and given that uh, you know many of your customers are older and in the higher risk category, mm -hmm. have they have have customers been telling you what they want or what they expect you to be doing, or are they really us waiting to see what happens? Look, I think that's mixed. You know, you like, like like everybody. I mean, we're all individuals, and some customers are, are, you know, they want a lot of information and they want to tell you. You know, they want you to tell them a lot. Mm -hmm. Others are sort of sitting back. So I would say it's very much based on that individual, but also on their family. So you know, as a community care provider, we see ourselves as one of the partners in looking after that senior. So it's not just us, it's their family. It could be their partner, their loved one, you know, their daughter, their son, daughter-in-law. So we see ourselves as part of that whole. So it's really engaging with all of them and saying, well, you know, some want, want a lot of information. You know, they want to know, well, where's the PPE? What would happen? So we've got all that in place and we, we, we you know, we let them know depending yeah. on how much information they want. Do you think that South Care and your decisions have been impacted by any other sectors? Oh, well, you know, when we talk about sector, I mean, I see us as part of the bigger health care sector. So I certainly think because, you know, of what we know and, and uh, of, you know, primary health or emergency health, I mean, certainly... We're very aware of what's going on. And, of course, in the beginning, you know, this yeah. whole issue of, you know, people who were in residential aged care, you know, about them going to hospital 
and, and, and that assumption that they wouldn't go to hospital, and I don't want to get into that political debate, but I think for us we're, we're very in tune with, with what's going on with hospitals, but also because we are a community service provider, we are very in tune with what is about to come when those government, um, you know, the, the cliff, the 20, 29th yeah. or the 28th of September, I mean, we yes. provide emergency relief, financial counselling. We we are uh, geared up for that because we know that the community sector is really going to feel it. You know, once those, um, you know, the monitorium on banking, um, utilities, the change to job um, keeper and job seeker you know once job seeker reduces by that $200 you know we we're, we're going to be inundated with people who are going to need some sort of uh, financial and food relief Absolutely. so we're ready and, for that yeah and and you know where i am we're doing exactly the same Um, so one last question, how do you think that the next couple of years in your organisation might be affected by COVID? We've, we've increased our revenue by a million dollars in the last year. We've returned a really good surplus. and We are in an essential service and we are in a growth industry. So we are very privileged in terms of what we do. And I think for us, if we keep doing what we're doing and maintain the confidence of our customers and our local community, and I think we'll do really well, you know, and we're positioned, we've positioned ourselves strategically. We've got a new strategic plan. And so I, I think we'll go from strength to strength. And, and, I mean, it's crystal ball, to be honest, at the moment, but let's hope that the COVID experience is, you know, that we don't get lots of outbreaks across the states that are going well at the moment and that, uh, you know, I do wish that for you and, and really for the rest of us as well. So, um, look, thank you very much for your time and, and your thoughts. And, look, I, it, it's I'm, I'm really interested in, in how different organisations and different parts of the sort of community and aged care sectors are going. So um, your thoughts have been much appreciated. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Francis, and all the best with what you're going through at the moment. Thank you.